0: Hello and welcome to the Franz Barden podcast. I'm your host, Clint Sabom, and thanks to all of you for listening. Many blessings to all of you, wherever you may be. I am an executive coach for Barden Practitioners and I can always be reached at the email thegraveyardcowboy at gmail.com. I have achieved all abilities of initiation into hermetics except levitation. So I'm speaking from a place of practice and success with going through Franz Barden's initiation into Hermetics. So that's basically where I'm coming from, but let's get right into it. The light, the akasha, and the karma. And when we talk about these things, we're back again a little bit with light and darkness into the polarities between water and fire. In Water and fire are basically the yin and the yang, and all the different dualities in Taoism kind of apply to fire and water, and the darkness is the water, and the light is the fire, and fire can be transformed into light, and water can be transformed into darkness, and vice versa, both ways, so they can be transformed into each other. They are part of the same system. So we have darkness with water, which is negative and magnetic, and we have uh, light with fire, which is positive and electrical. And that's just me coming from my experience of the easiest way to break down and integrate the um, theory part of initiation into hermetics. And a lot of this is coming right off the most recent podcast on the elements. I also did a YouTube video of the elements. And so we're kind of coming right off that into the next section. And the Akasha is the all in all. It's what most religions call God and it is everywhere all the time, and going from the highest to the lowest, as above, so below, and everything derives from the Akasha, and the Akasha never, never dies, and was never born, the Alpha and the Omega, and I personally don't have a problem calling it God. I think it ascends into the astral plane and then further into the mental spirit plane. The astral plane pertains more to psyche and soul. The physical obviously with the physical and the mental spiritual plane, um, you know, corresponds to uh, the spirit or the mind. And then you have divine providence, which is not explicitly referred to, I don't believe, in the theory section, but there's a lot of talk about going to that as the highest of the high. But I kind of see that as the heights of the mental, spiritual plane. And so here we have Barden's system of uh, light, akasha, and elements. And I know for me... The easiest way to go about it is always to make sure I'm keeping the elements in balance in my body, and that includes light and darkness. I'd say those are almost an extension of the elements and the harmonies within the human being, the micro, and extending that into the macro and into the highest of the high through the Akasha, and that plugs me in instantly to the Akasha, the astral plane if I want to travel there, and then I've anchored it all, skipping a little bit ahead in the steps, I've anchored it all into a hand gesture, so there's just a certain hand gesture I make, and it kind of does it all for me, and so that's the shortcut, and so I'm kind of um, or, you know, what was integrated. So, I'm kind of backtracking to explain all of the process of getting there and breaking down the theory in a way that's helpful and in a way that's more than just the book offers. But um, karma definitely has to do with, you know, um, what Barden talks about, what you sow is what you reap, but it's it's not all like, you know, some stupid cliche, like, you know, like you do good and everything will be good. I mean, life is not fair. Um, let's admit it. I, I, I feel like the the most important thing with the karma is my motives. Is it of service to others? Is it in the spirit of divine providence and helping others? What are the right motives for my action? And is it for my own spiritual, uh, health and evolution? Is it for the evolution of others? Um, you know, what, what exactly is the motive of doing anything? Um, you know, and, and having more, you know, obviously a lot of people get into, Western esotericism and Western occultism because they want more power. And I wouldn't consider wanting more power necessarily a bad motive. But, um, you know, the goal is to align it with divine providence and the all in all, which is the Akasha, and not be, you know, not, not turn into... Uh, quote unquote, black magician, you know, that's definitely not the path Barden is on. Barden is a worker for the light, he is a light bearer, he is a light worker, and he's coming to it from that place, even though he gets into some very, very, um, uh deep deep levels with his second book in the series the practice of magical evocation he's still very much a worker for the light and um with the astral plane and the elementary beings of the different kingdoms of no gnomes and sylphs and undines and you know etc cetera, uh, salamanders uh you know, it's all about winning over the trust and having superior willpower. But I will say, there's a departure somewhere between this kind of secret Western esoteric tradition that Barden's coming out of. Um, if you want to use the word occultism, fine. I I don't necessarily need see a need to use that word. I'd be more. Comfortable calling it a form of alchemy, in practical spiritual alchemy. But there is kind of a departure from. There's some similarities with Buddhism and Taoism, but there's a departure from Taoism, and I'll explain that because Buddhism definitely recommends the middle path. Barden's generally on the middle path, but Barden, Barden, I feel, airs a little more towards fire than water, actually a little more towards willpower and fire than um, water and empathy. And Taoism is the opposite. The Tao Te Ching is basically, you know, basically translates into Barden speak as, you know, no fire but stick to water and be like water. So that's probably the main difference in the departure in this. But there's a lot of similarities When you get into Buddhism in the middle path, or you get into Zen, which was a combination of Taoism and Buddhism originally, and deals with the kind of neutralizing elements to bring fire and water into harmony, I feel like Zen Buddhism deals with a lot of air and earth, the neutralizing component of air, and the kind of subsuming of all the elements in the grounding of earth. And Zen Buddhism deals with a lot of that. So, I hope I'm making myself clear. I'm throwing a whole lot at everyone as this goes. But you can always contact me and ask me more questions. So, I am available for that. And, um, let's see. Anything else with this? Um, the Akasha, I feel, is very important to mention because I've seen, I've, I've talked to clients and I've e- even seen comments that there will, there will be no divine intervention. I would say Barden's system involves a form of divine intervention. You know, just Barden's system, if you deal with it at face value, it's dealing with the Akasha and everything coming from the Akasha. And that right there is divinity and can be talked to, can be called upon. That's the kind of religious practice of prayer, um, which uh, may or may not be a healthy thing. I'm certainly not denying that Western monotheistic traditions can be toxic in certain forms and If you were raised Christian in a kind of toxic level of Christianity that didn't work for you, that can be severely traumatizing, and it can take some time to recover from that and kind of reframe and reintegrate um, the whole idea of spirituality. But the Akasha is definitely... Um, in my experience, very much divinity, very much helping me out. Um, Barden from the other side very much helps me out as part of the Akasha, as he is probably, uh, rooted, rooted deep in the Akasha, in the all in all. And that is the Philosopher's Stone, um, the Akasha. Uh, that is. That is ultimately the philosopher's stone from the micro to the macro, as above, so below. And the Akasha travels all levels from the ma- ma- macro to the micro, and vice versa, both ways, in an interchanging flow, going always. And so, the Akasha is, is kind of it, you know. If there's an it you're after, it is the Akasha. And more access to the Akasha and experience of the Akasha, the more directly you can experience if things are harmonized and imbalanced. And more direct experience with the Akasha will provide um, divine help and an intuition and strength and power to get through all of the exercises and achieve the abilities. Um, Karma is not, you know, I I wouldn't, you know, again, I would not turn karma into some bumper sticker cliche of like, do good and the good will come back because yeah, sure. So plenty of times that's true, but um, the world we live in is broken. You know, if you talk about um, the, the elements in light and darkness, not in terms of the human being or in terms of the universe, but if you talk about light and darkness just in terms of uh, society, uh, you know, things are in major disharmony in the actual world we live in. Uh, the elements are not in balance in uh you know, the USA or probably whatever country you live in, I, I wouldn't imagine the the elements are imbalanced in the way the whole society is structured. That is broken and in disharmony. And that is part of the deal with all of this. Um as much as we harmonize ourselves we live in a disharmonious world at the same time. And, um, I don't think there's necessarily anything we can do to change that, but there are things we can do to change, um, ourselves and our access to the all and, um, good karma will increase our effectiveness in the world. And, Working on the side of the light and working on the side of divine providence, you know, um, is good. And that doesn't mean that seeking power and seeking the strength to get through the burden, it's not only like, okay, it's essential. You have to actually have that. You actually have to have your power and your willpower. So, um, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to all this and it's all kind of interconnected with each other, but it very much kind of comes down to balance and plugging in and then being able to master the, um, you know, zoom in and master, you know, the different exercises of the books as you go through the steps. And so, um, I I can't resist. I want to skip ahead a little bit to step one and just give a preview. Like I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Like the power of now by Eckhart Tolle really helps on mastery of thoughts because you can find the off switch to your mind. And once you find the off switch to your mind, you can find the on switch and focus on a single thought for a minute you know, in its entirety or longer if you want to. So um, I'm always going to be mentioning that book like a broken record, maybe. Um, So here we are. And thanks for listening to this podcast. Thanks for your support. And if you uh, feel like Some coaching on any level, no matter how much or how little, would be helpful for you. We can set up a free Zoom or phone call, uh, free talk, free consultation, and go from there with our plan. Um, Just the quickest, easiest way to do that is to just email me at thegraveyardcowboy at gmail.com. But blessings to all of you. I know we're in uncertain times. In a lot of parts of the world are really hurting. And I'm really in the space of sending you all light and love and peace and assurance. So um, until next time, um, I will talk to you later and many blessings to you.